Hello and welcome back to Privilege Check, a podcast where two girls from different backgrounds come together to unveil the reality of modern society. I'm Lavleen. And I'm Shivanti. Through this podcast, you're going to reach out to the privileged. You already know you are because you have access to this podcast. And teach them the one-on-ones of how to not be a privileged friend. And this episode, which is a video episode, is going to be the unscripted episode of the Privilege Check. We're going to talk about a lot of random things that have been on our heads since a long time and discuss all of that and let's see how it goes. So, Shivangi, what have you been up to? So, I recently... Wow, I... There's so much to, like, even say right now. Like, I don't even know where to start from. Yeah. But just in summary, uh, the previous month, was hell and I think our listeners noticed that we didn't put out any episodes um the previous month like after the Disney episode there's a lot we missed out on not because and it wasn't it wasn't like because we didn't we were busy or whatever uh because I got we COVID. were busy there's yeah I was busy trying not to not die busy. yes yeah I was busy trying not to die so that was that and uh, yeah it was like uh, yeah the last month like we found out my entire family had tested positive just so weird because we never went out like since March 2020 by the way my family didn't step out and we got it because the virus is airborne and whatnot so uh, funny thing we found out that we had the virus for seven days and then like at first everybody told us like who we consulted and everything they told us Virus load come hai tumhara, ghar baiti theek ho jayega. You guys don't have to worry, okay? So like, okay, that's cool. And I was worried because my parents are senior citizens. And one of them even had like comorbidity. So I was like, okay. I mean, you bold rai ghar mein theek ho jayega, to theek ho jana chahiye. And then, just like two days after I saved my positive results, my father's oxygen dipped like, like it dipped, like it was still in the 90s range, but it dipped. And my mother was also like not recovering so I had to call the ambulance and uh, I got my parents admitted and whatnot. And uh, I thought it was going to be, you know, much more scary than I thought it was. But it's weird because like I always thought that, you know, I'm going to be very stable when a crisis hits. Like I've always, I've always been very stable when a crisis hits. And but like last month, I just gave up on everything. I gave up on like three weeks of classes. Because I wasn't recovering. I, I took the longest in my entire family to, you know, test negative. It took me 17 days test negative. Oh, and not counting the seven days I had the symptoms for, which was like since 11th, I had this virus. So, yeah, from 11th to 5th, I had this like positive and whatnot. Anyways, so guys, sorry, my internet just like, yeah, it just dipped all of a sudden. But I just wanted to say that despite whatever happened previous month, I'm really, but we're back right now and we're going to be regular and we're going to have like even more phenomenal content coming up, especially that like our first year anniversary is pretty close. Like, uh, so we have like pretty great content coming up and we're going to be regular. So, hope you missed up. Yeah. Just put something in the comments so we know you missed us maybe. We'd like that. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, moving into this episode. Um, yeah, so lovely. What's like been on your mind? Like, what have you been up to like, recently? <laughs> you know, just Why? for the sake, since we're all sharing 
we've just yeah. casually forgotten that we're all people who are very closed up let's for the moment for the sake of this podcast yeah. let's pretend we all love to talk about our feelings so yeah. what have you been up to what have i been up to college work essentially that uh, i got vaccinated i got my first dose i'm so jealous like i could <laughs> wait so long for it yeah like i got my first dose and uh, it was hell i couldn't i missed a few of my class like i missed the classes for the next day and my professor made a whole havoc about it like i couldn't possibly get sick for a day and that's the whole thing but yeah so i just keep forgetting that there's a good possibility that my professors watch uh our podcast and i keep saying things about my entire class and i'm so sure that i'm going to go on and say things about my class but really like i had i had a high running fever since midnight and i remember telling shivangi that hey i have no symptoms at all and it's amazing and i don't have anything going on and i can go to class and i was so happy because these were like a set of my favorite classes that i missed so i really like those classes and i didn't want to miss them so i go i was really excited and i told shivangi like kuch nahi ho raha and it's amazing and you know everybody's crying about all these symptoms i have nothing and then like midnight all of this starts and uh, i couldn't get my classes done and like the whole day it was so annoying by the end of it i was so tired i was like i can't like i can't be sick anymore i'm not used to being sick i don't know what being sick is like i mean i've not been sick for long so i was really annoyed by the end of it so that's like my natural response to things like just being annoyed at things yeah but yeah. i remember when i told you also that my family tested positive your first thing was like Uh, Shwangi, oh my God! What symptoms do you have, or whatever? And I, I remember me just boasting about how I'm so asymptomatic. Yeah. I have like nothing going on. Yeah. I was like, I'm so energized right now. It doesn't feel like I have COVID. And the next day, I had such a terrible dry cough that didn't go away for like ten exactly. days straight. So yeah. I really shouldn't be saying that things yeah, are great I, or something. Yeah, Shwangi, and yeah, the new thing that actually that's actually happened in Shwangi's life and mine is that we've suddenly become super superstitious. like we we you believe in thing. everything supernatural yeah. we believe that yeah. you know something out there because every time I we mention something yeah i really believe in spirits now like i believe the people who have like passed away have an impact on like your yeah. life and everything i think i think that's what adult adulthood is you know just realizing that all of these bakwas things that you learned you know uh yeah about you know Yes, it's just realizing that you know you should have more belief in your ethnicity hmm. than you know people like yeah. to give credit to because yeah that's where superstition started from right exactly yeah. yeah so we're superstitious now so yeah we're nationalists yeah. now we love india that's why we're superstitious <laughs> i don't know where this conversation is going today yeah um but like Yeah, I so let's, any... let's segue into something we really like. I was watching a documentary. Um, like before before we started recording, it was it's actually still on on the TV, but I've just paused it. Um, but yeah, it was like a it it is a feminist documentary, like talking about uh, feminists from the past and all of that. So yeah, it's great. Um, it I really the the beginning of itself. the beginning of itself the beginning of the documentary itself 
uh, talk is this old woman talking how she wouldn't be want to label as a suffragette and she correlates it to how modern day feminists don't want to be labeled as feminist and i love that about it i was like yeah that makes so much sense like because when we look at them and we think like yeah they didn't want to be labeled as suffragettes and we just think like yeah but why and then you look back onto ourselves and you're like yeah i don't want to be labeled as feminist as well why don't they want to be like labeled as suffragettes like uh, it's a because suffragettes were mostly white and they had like a very different understanding of feminism and like feminism is more intersectional right now is that why um no actually it was that uh, the idea that most men had of suffragettes so she was essentially in college doing design or something like that and uh, she was studying and she would always get picked on by the professors in a whole class of males she was the only female or something like that and she would always get picked on by the professors and she realized that hey it's because i am a woman and everybody else realized it's because i was a, she was a woman as well and uh, she never mentioned it so she said that she didn't mention it because if she did mention it she'd be labeled as a suffragette and she didn't want that because all the men believed that suffragettes were old white women old white women with nothing better to do who were angry at society and took like extreme uh, extreme measures for uh, against men essentially which is also what men today believe uh, most men today believe feminism to be as well like hey it's just women who are angry at men right i guess it makes sense sort of <laughs> but um yeah it, honestly it does. but like it does make sense but like i feel you know when there are terms that are introduced to like describe certain phenomena i think it's very difficult to get rid of it or to like give new meanings to it and i don't think it honestly i don't really think uh what do you say when you give look at it, look at it from a broad's i view i think uh is difficult to complicate simple matters is just like i don't just say it but like if she's a feminist she's a feminist right so i don't know why it's difficult to just say that she's a feminist because the perception is different right like for example even with myself i've gone through this thing that if i say if i say that hey you know what i genuinely believe that men and women are equal okay if i go around and i say something like that people i know like men i know male friends i know male colleagues who would be like okay cool that's great but if i would mention something like hey i'm a feminist i would probably get shamed for it like there have been times where i've stood up for myself and people have been like yeah yeah you are the feminist kind i was like yeah what's wrong with that then i had to go on and give the entire explanation that hey you know what that's not what feminism means that's not what you just because you believe it to be a certain thing you're not right you are you are really wrong in your perception of feminism and then i had to explain all of that right but then <clears throat> i think at a point there are female there are women who don't have that option of explaining so they have to live with that perception that men would have of them where they term to be man haters so they have a problem with being held into that perception so i don't know if that's like the way a function or what but i would rather like i wouldn't i wouldn't care 
what I'll call for. If the cause I support is unanimously referred to as feminism, then damn well it I'm the feminist and if anybody wants to you know put me down or something for what I believe in, then that's it. That's just the way I function. Like because I've also been ridiculed yeah. for being feminists more often than people closer to me than people Absolutely. away, like you know, or distance from me. But I just function in a way that if I'm very like, I don't know, I don't like complicating ideologies. Like, even though ideology is essentially complicated, there's like no black or white in ideology mm. as well. There's, you can like, there's a spectrum, right? But for me, I feel like if I support something as simple as this, then I'm a feminist and I just function in a way that I wouldn't, I don't really care about like how people are going to ridicule me or like how they're going to misinterpret the phenomena. I know what I'm supporting is is and that's what all that matters to so, yeah but yeah. Th- i think like that again comes down to people's perception right so for you how people perceive you does not matter to you but there might be yeah, women who really said. care about how they are viewed or how uh they're being looked at they do not want to come up too strong or whatever but which ultimately I mean, does not like, support no- the cause but um, it's just how it is yeah, and at the same time, I feel like it does less for the feminist movement. Absolutely. Then a 21st century woman should be able to do. So I Absolutely. feel like, yeah, it kind of go back a few steps. Yeah, when absolutely. When you, I think when every woman, every for every woman that does not say that she's a feminist, I think it gives in to it gives into what the cause does not believe in because yeah. I wouldn't mind like at least personally I wouldn't mind having to sit somebody down and explain to them what feminism is like for every time that I have been ridiculed for it or I have been shamed that oh my god you are a feminist or something like that I've not shied away from telling them that hey you probably are misunderstanding it and I'm not scared or I'm not going to I don't care if you yeah. about what you think but that's not you are wrong and I think I'm I, I think that's just me and that's just how I am in most situations in life that if somebody is wrong, I'm just going to tell them, but hey, you know what, that that doesn't make sense to me. But um, yeah, ultimately, I was just yeah. explaining like the thought process of how women have just been. But I think somewhere, I know I might get like a lot of flack for saying this, but somewhere feminism in itself um, is not just complicated and the reason that it gets its bad image from or it gets this negative image from also comes from women themselves as well like feminism in in itself has like a lot of double standards okay yeah i think yeah because there's a lot of the basic foundation of feminism is what like men are equal to women right so how one presents themselves in front of a woman Mm -hmm would be equivalent to how one presents themselves in front of a man. But the basic idea of being a feminist is that you don't see a difference uh, of potential in two genders in terms of professional capacity or even like whatever Mm. capacity except, Mm. you know, biological. Mm. So uh, there's a difference. Uh, There's Mm. no difference basically between these two genders. Mm. Uh, But more often than not, uh, first of all, there's this entire man-hating subculture of feminism right yeah. like which it, it's like 
it be wrong to call it radical feminism because radical feminism oh suggested women to have partner relationships with women but they didn't try to say right that men are evil or whatever they had like a lot of theories or whatever but this man hating feminism is like a product of 21st century it's prevalent even more now and where uh, it's something as simple as you know if there's like a male uh, let's look at music if there's a male artist singing about uh you know heartbreak or like topics that you that are that were previously associated with emotional pop concepts or whatever it's always it's more often than not and i'm just ba- and, and i'm basing my opinion based on what i see on twitter it's more often than not considered fake or considered a pr stunt or considered like you know uh, just it's it's ghost writers obviously because no man can pen down his feelings like that that's what's believed right and then when you have people like you know taylor swift who write about heartbreaks song after song or olivia rodrigo who like write about heartbreak song after song they receive so much fame for something like this and clearly see the double standards here like even uh, and this exists like vice versa as well like when you see male rappers talk about women talk about drugs and drinks and everything it's fine uh, but when like female rappers like megan t stallion or uh, i don't know who else is a female rapper uh, what's her name sweaty sweaty or something like that uh nikki minaj nikki minaj is a rapper oh my god how did i forget her but yeah even nikki minaj so like when you see artists like this thing about topics like you know that previously male rappers tang they also receive a lot of flack for it so this double standard exists like both ways and sometimes it's getting really annoying because you are losing the crux of feminism just don't call yourself a feminist right if you believe that one activities of one gender is going to be put on a higher pedestal than activities of like another gender so yeah what do you have to say about it yeah i absolutely agree with all of that for example like uh, i don't know if you've heard this but there's this underrated song of taylor swift called the man where she talks about that hey if uh, i get hate for doing everything i do but if a man did it then he'd be the man right so if i was a man i'd be the man uh you know that's the term called the man he's yeah. the man yeah right? i know i understand yeah so oh. that's what she's talking about because she says that hey i write heartbreak songs and i write like emotional stuff and i write about my exes and i get all all sorts of flack for it for writing about my exes and i'm deemed to be like this person who oh my gosh she's going to write a song about you sort of thing right um yeah and something that's really she's deemed to be like this crazy ex but like there are other male artists like like you said like hey male artists are supposed they they get a lot of flack for writing emotional stuff but if you think about it there are a lot of male artists who also write emotional songs and they're loved like i i don't know if you see bruno mars or ed sheeran they write a lot of emotional stuff right but their songs are like oh wow that's that's a great song or and they write about yeah. their exes as well there are whole songs they've written about their exes as well but they're not deemed to be they're not termed to be like the ex writer or oh they're going to write a song about their ex or something and that's what she talks yeah. about she says and she's she gets a lot of flack for changing a lot of because she's been in a lot of relationships 
so she gets a lot of hate for that as well so that's what she was talking about as well like hey if somebody else did that if a man did that then he wouldn't be getting so much hate he'd be like the star that he's the man yeah. it's essentially that's what about so yeah, yeah. i'm also coming back to uh, how at uh, the first point that you actually made which i completely agree with about how uh, women want to be on equal standards with men but they subconsciously or unconsciously just still uh, do not view men and women equally themselves and it's not just in the in saying that women are inferior it's also saying men are inferior than women it's the other way around as well like hey i would yeah. possibly trust a woman more than a man or i would prop if they are strangers i would possibly go with a woman than a man and what are the chances that a woman can't do everything a man is supposed to do right like even yeah. in the negatives <clears throat> yeah i think even the most classic uh you know a uh, example that we've been like hearing ever since even eighth grade about you know the distinction not the distinction but the response and uh, response you know what do you call these womanizers get uh, in contrast to like manizers what are like females called uh i think that the lack of term itself proves your point yeah no but that was like yeah that was my point but also uh, like recently on social media you see uh, you know when men act like objectifying like, that's what you're talking about right not no not objectifying is shitty but like when men you know like act very mean or like savage or like uh, you know do things that are contable get them a lot of clout but is super mean to like the significant other it's perceived as like a super rude person and like a womanizer or whatever but at the same time so what i've observed from like growing on twitter and everything what i've observed is that when women do the same thing they're perceived to you know people hype them for uh, doing all of these things when there are like numerous accounts from women who say that mm-hmm. when men did this to them it ruined them for life yeah. So absolutely but like when you, yeah and when women say that oh, i'm going to do this and what not i'm going to break his heart i'm going to break his heart i'm going to break his heart as if like it's a bucket list i mean then you just assuming <laughs> men and women are not the same yeah because you assume that absolutely. men don't have feelings and that absolutely. women are the only ones so absolutely. it it it's led to this elevated exclusive feminism sort of like in 21st century like it's the it's this whole idea of girl boss that hey i can pull guys or hey i can do things and i'm going to get to the top and i'm like the person and i'm going to be the queen and all of that but um, i can like break hearts i break hearts or uh, i'm savage and i'm going to get things done and this whole idea right so but if like a man would say something as the same thing it wouldn't he'd be shamed for it like for example even when like you're younger and you have this girl hit a guy and they'd all be like oh wow like she's like so great she's like yeah 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 she's messing with guys and she's one of the guys it's amazing but like the guy you wouldn't let a guy child guy child 
male child boy female child boy it's yeah. a boy for a guy child a boy <laughs> no but like a boy could be anywhere between like 0 to 15 right i'm still talking little about little boy Yeah. So yeah, that's why I said a male child. Okay, makes sense. It's English. You sound like you sound condescending <laughs> more than descriptive. Uh, I'm not condescending. I'm just saying um what it is. Yeah. So all of this, like even like suppose a woman uh uh. Girls say like, hey, if you a woman is following me, I have like zero problem with it. Or like, if she's looking at me, it's okay. She's admiring me and all of that. Oh my god, so amazing! But like, if a guy is looking at me, oh my god, he's totally going. Like, what? What are the chances that an other like, if you if you are so pro LGBTQIA plus, like, what are the how how is it that your mind does not strike that another woman also has the capacity to? you know mentally do things to you or like even physically do things to you or think about you uh in an inappropriate manner just yeah. like a man would they're what are the homophobic that's yeah. more homophobic than It's, any of these people who've been cancelled yeah, yeah. Okay. and like, i i feel like i i remember one of our professors i think uh So we had this discussion on like you know rape and the punishment for rape, right? And one of our professors like told us that uh, you know you guys really wanted to do a uh, horrible thought. You wanted to torture all of these like you know uh, convicts, not even convicts, but like accused. You wanted to torture the accused and whatnot uh, for whatever they did. You had like very very medieval ideas in mind. And uh, he said that you know it's so strange how in twenty first century. even uh, people constitute sexual harassment as anything from a gaze to like the actual act of forceful penetration and he said that's really stupid cuz like you don't know what the other person is thinking when like they look at you and a lot of women uh, like i feel like a lot not a lot would be the wrong word but like considerable amount of women have said you know that this man is looking weirdly at me and what not like it's just a very weird assumption to make also very dumb assumption to make honestly to assume that just because somebody's looking at you they are like actually harassing you so he yeah. said that you throw this term around and mostly women throw this term around so casually exactly like, exactly that like yeah that and about like the girl was thing you were talking about i think the appropriate term right now that women have turned into is like revenge feminism like it's all like everything that they do right now is not to you know not because they have their own personal goals or ambitions that stem from stem from like you know what they want to achieve in life but it's rather than what men have previously achieved and uh, how they want to just one up like male top dogs in their respective fields so it's become less about what they want and more about you know being the first woman to do things and i feel like it's led to a very disgusting competition and competition is good man competition is healthy as long as it's healthy but as long as you make it about gender and like you pit one gender against other gender and just that's the whole like point of feminism know. right that we you don't want to compare genders you don't want them to be pit yeah. against each other you just want to look at it as neutral so like you don't see pink and blue you just see yellow 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 
that's the that's the end goal so revenge feminism really doesn't work it's just saying um, hey you know what you were mean to me so i'm going to be mean to you but not you but somebody was mean to somebody at some point of time so i'm yeah. going to be mean to you it's that exactly. so like if a man it's has really if a man or woman has been mean to you and you are being mean back to them i wouldn't mind that i'm all for like go kill each other or for like i i couldn't care less about it but yeah. saying that i'm killing you because somebody at some point of time killed somebody else or specifically i'm going to kill a man because a man at some point of time killed a woman just for being a woman so i'm going to kill a man just for being a man that doesn't make sense to me yeah. and that that's sort of illogical as well that's literally yeah, it's like it's not yeah the logistics there is really flawed and it's going it's not going to work out in hmm. like law yeah like law is not going to back up absolutely. crazy stories crazy absolutely. assumptions like that absolutely so you're not going anywhere with stuff like that hmm. i know there's like a thin line as well right like anything you do for in the name of feminism i think to a, it needs to pertain to legality as well like yeah i don't think feminism at any point if it had a doctrine with laws and bylaws would have said that hey you need to do illegal stuff yeah i think like uh, you know capital i like we understand like what women go through and most of their experiences are totally valid but it would be really dumb to which like i think this is the same thing that happens with uh, lgbtq community as well right you put all of these marginalized and it's like the 21st century's favorite damn movement a word you know marginalize you take all of these marginalized communities and you put them on such a high pedestal that like they couldn't do anything wrong and which really dumbfounds me because and all of these communities just striving to be you know looked at as human beings and exactly. human beings do make mistakes and human beings do uh you know do bad things and they are murderous criminals so it doesn't matter who you are attracted to like physically but like it's just it's the another thing that i don't like with marginalized communities like people just assume that just because you belong to a community uh that had got that you know that got served the post uh of what there was to offer in the past they assume that right now also um they can't do anything wrong because of like everything wrong that happened to them in previously and i feel like you know 21st century just makes society they just keep thinking that society is so accommodating it's yeah. not like it's not like, like everybody says that gen z is so um pessimistic in nature and they can't see the better of things but at times you just feel like no gen z is super optimistic because they keep thinking that they're going to make yeah. the world a better place and like there are so many good people in the world and nothing wrong and they can't do anything wrong about it yeah. but and fail to keep seeing that there is a huge gray patch in the middle that they're completely ignoring that it's not black and yeah. white there's a whole lot of gray that you can't figure out for the life of it exactly and i feel like gen z even like you know underestimates how complex mental health is is yeah. one of the things one of the conversations that we opened up was 
you know mental health awareness and so that they assume that hospitals they have access to all of this information and all of this diagnosis on all of these various social media channels and all of these like tests psychological diagnosis tests available online for free and what not they think they're going to be much more like mentally aware and be more mentally cautious but it's not true like it's really not that simple just because yeah. you know of a concept doesn't mean exactly. you can apply it practically absolutely like, you know i i was i think when we were watching this so our department recently has this film program and it had recently seen certain movies like made by students and lakshmi and i were watching one of them because it was being screened and it was a great movie and yeah. uh, it spoke about mental illness and how people would want to be ill for sympathy for just for uh, just to get the attention just to get noticed right or exaggerate things for notice and that that's something that got me thinking and i was having this conversation where i genuinely feel that mental health is given so much importance today which it definitely deserves but it's being used as a shield to most people tend to use it as a shield to uh, against to not face the reality to not face the music yeah, to, to not delay face, reality yeah to exactly. not face that hey something is happening to me or to face that they're wrong at a point they just use it as a shield to say that you know what i'm mentally ill and i need to like get away with this or to just believe that they're going to be in a better place if they take their flag of being mentally ill and fly, uh, and hoist it and wave it around and say that hey you know what just stay away from me because i need my space but the thing is that a lot of people do need their space and i think we've spoken about this at length in our mental health episode as well and people don't have access to that space you do which is great and you need to understand your space and you need to take care of your space because it's your space and nobody else can do that for you but there's a thin line between um, understanding your space and taking care of your space and using your space as a hurdle for others using your space as something to protect yourself from reality as well or to get I know a lot of people say that oh no you can't say that people are using mental health to get attention but at times people are at people are. at times people just use it to um, like you said the reality to just make sure that they're okay that they're okay and everybody else who cares yeah and it's true it happens like it it's, does it's like at the same time i understand these many people being mentally ill makes sense but at the same time if you understand that half of these people are claiming they're mentally ill by like you know online diagnosis and yeah. never really having access and never really you know making the effort or having the access to actually go to you know medical yep. health professionals and Absolutely. see whether they're actually clinically ill or not so and a lot of it is being derived by how accessible everything is right now so a lot of it is also derived from how they feel oh i feel really sad yeah. i'm depressed oh i'm so yeah. i i'm so nervous i'm anxious i have anxiety yeah. oh, no something happened sometime and now i can't face it i have ptsd it's all self diagnosis which doesn't make yeah. sense and if you remember um, i think we spoke about this in this episode where we were talking about physical disability i can't remember the app right name for the episode I think it was Rika's transport. If I'm not wrong, I think so. I think so. 
but i remember specifically talking about how people give so much importance to the terms used like again we were talking about how uh, people give so much importance to the term feminism and we said that hey what devyanjan yeah exactly we were talking about how being called handicapped is okay and you don't because it is an actual word and you it's only derogatory if you deem it to be derogatory it doesn't have to be derogatory like you could say handicap you don't have to say specially able it would mean the same thing it causes it's the cause the derivation of it is the same thing right and i think that's also applied into mental illness where people use the terms very casually it's the exact like i don't know if to if i should say the exact opposite but the term like like saying i am depressed or i have anxiety or saying uh you know saying things like this it feels like they're just thrown around they're they have uh, no substantial meaning to it at this point of time it's just being thrown around and it sort of takes away from the actual purpose of the term as well right you cannot exactly. at the end of the day distinguish that who actually needs help and who's just doing it for the sake of doing it yeah i think that's really really horrible that happens in you know with the more you talk about these things it's good that more people get to know about what could potentially happen to them as they grow up hmm. and how things that have happened to them in the past could affect choices you know oh, i understand that it's really good for them to know and whatever but i feel at the same time it has created a subculture of mentally ill people and they have their own quirks they have their own inside jokes and they have their own coping mechanisms and they have their own uh, likes and dislikes and what happens is that they become a community like they started as a subculture but then they become this huge community and now people other people in society are threatened by cuz when five people talk about in a group of six about mental health one person has nothing to offer so then they make up things like i remember one time i was speaking to a person and they said that their poor skin gives them like you know uh, affects their mental cuz like a skin like they were going through puberty so naturally their skin was supposed to change right like it's supposed to have yeah. pimples and what but they said that it's affecting their mental health and what not and it just i feel like people you're right they definitely use this word way out of proportion it definitely does not belong in the sentences in most of the sentences it's being used right now. yeah yeah and um i that's the first time i've heard what you're mentioning but also when it comes to subculture and community and everybody else being threatened a more um relatable or a more um, you know understandable topic would also be where um, there are a group of people who are mentally aware at least or mentally ill uh, and there is somebody who does not understand mental illness as well as they do and they say something that is inappropriate or instead of trying to make them more aware they the other person the person who does not understand is shunned or is shamed which again doesn't make sense because if you are standing for mental health and if you're talking about if you're talking so much about how you need to build a community of people that is safe um talking about safe space then you're not being uh, you're not creating a safe space for somebody who's not as mentally aware right since so you're saying that hey you know what you're how do you not know this 
how are you so insensitive or maybe they are insensitive that's a whole different topic but um, you know instead of just say just because they don't know something as much as you do doesn't mean that they they deserve to be shamed for it or they deserve to be shunned for it yeah like another thing that you know 21st century like uh led to is this cancel culture idea right that if you make the smallest mistake you have to be cancelled off the face of earth there are people who have like lost their jobs and what not and more often than not this cancel culture always has something to do with these personalities you know what they've done in the past so they'll cancel people in present for things they've said in the past when they were uneducated and it's just so baffling to me because we've all been dumb one point of our life like nobody came out of your mother's womb oh with okay. like a complete understanding of being politically correct and having a world knowledge about things that's what life is supposed to be right like before you turn 18 like after you turn 18 you're supposed to discover things that you did not know about because I mean, honestly, it would be so dumb if somebody, a baby, came out as politically correct <laughs> or whatever. Then what are they going to learn in life? They make no mistakes. They're just going to be like the minute they come out of the womb, they're going to be like, uh, they first ask their mother. The first word will be like, "What are your pronouns?" Yeah. And that's like the first thing. Yeah, like, do I call you mom, or uh, yeah. would you prefer something else? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's please so address dumb. me as they them. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure we're going to get like a lot of backlash for saying this. <laughs> no, like if you want pronouns, trans pronoun, let's sorry, uh, you call it uh, non-binary pronouns, then go for it. I'm just saying, don't be like like being politically politically correct is impossible. Yeah. We've all made fun of a trans person once. We've all made fun of somebody who looked a little bit effeminate or looked yeah. a bit masculine or whatever. We've all made fun of that, and the only difference right now is that we've grown from it. The fact that we're not doing the same things we did in the past means we've grown. Means we've lived. I really hate the entire cancel culture mentality so much. I have been canceled. I have been. I was like on block lists and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's just dumb. It's my opinion. I'll say whatever I want to say. So yeah, that's what it feels like. Sorry, that's something that I was uh, discussing as well or thinking about was how cancel culture is so right, right wing in nature, right? Because it yeah. uh, it's so conservative. It's like, hey, you know what? Your opinion does not match the mass opinion, so you don't get a yeah. chance to develop your opinion. You are cancelled. You are out. So it's like the exactly 21st century version of beheading. <laughs> like, yeah. To, it's almost because imagine actually wiping somebody off somebody's face off of the digital space that's almost like beheading at this point because that's yeah. i'm not saying not saying that hey social media is my life but i'm just saying that the digital space is something that's become so integral to somebody's life or it's become so integral to somebody's identity that if you are canceling them off of that you're taking a good chunk off of their connections of their networks they're taking a good chunk out of it like for example like a digital marketer possibly lives off of social media and if you cancel yeah. them what's left of their entire career so it's like modern day beheading modern day conservative 
ஒன்னும் or doing whatever they want to do like to a woman's body or to like immigrants yeah. or whatever they honest yeah but also like, i think this people are yeah i think the problem your that has become is left the term left or liberal is being yeah. changed with progressive it's being yeah. it's used for progressive it's being misused exactly. or it's being Let it's being made synonymous sorry yeah. it's been made synonymous to uh, progressive sure having progressive ideas is great but that's one part of your ideology if you call yourself a leftist yeah. or if you're calling yourself a liberal um then you you stand for free speech you stand for letting people have their opinions right so being progressive is okay. time, not the same thing that's what people need to yeah. understand at the same time being leftist stands for government ownership so you yeah. talk about liberalism which is obviously you know not curtailing freedom of anybody in the society is left government right. ownership or is left capitalism no left is uh, no the left is over- uh, government ownership, ownership. socialist communists are leftists yeah makes sense communists are leftists so the pro- yeah so anyways left traditionally in india is government ownership is government control is communism right and then on the other hand people associate leftism with liberalism on liberalism Absolutely. on the other hand emphasizes on freedom and opening up and like freedom of like any everybody in the society whether it yeah. be like you know positive uh, liberalism or whatever the other liberal classic liberalism or other liberalism it still emphasizes in freedom to be able to do what you want but leftism is restrictive uh the positive kind of restriction however you want to see it but it's restriction on the in the hands of the authority yeah. so you are associating two polar opposite concepts together yeah that's what that's what happening and, right now. and see that's the thing right like if you think i'll tell you the uh, majority idea of left and right in india at least so they say that right is conservative and that's bjp and left would be uh, liberals and that would possibly be the new age uh, political parties and and congress even though it's like not new age but congress, congress is like you it's like yeah. i know because think the reason people call congress leftist is because congress is like no individual identity left anymore in it's, the political spectrum yeah it's also because people view bjp and congress as opposition because the two largest yeah. parties right so whatever yeah. B, bjp has an identity so whatever bjp isn't is what congress is so that's how people view exactly. it exactly that's and it's also the, because yeah and it's also because congress keeps associating with communist parties and like you know uh, south and bengal and everything because the opposite of anything yeah. bjp is always yeah. communism in in bengal and in south I in think... bihar it is socialism so that is what's happening 
they just keep associating I themselves think, with I think they'll associate themselves with everything but BJP. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. what you were saying. That they'll just yeah. take up Joby Bacha hai, but they do have a government banani hai. Still they lose yeah. by like two, three seats somehow. Like I, I don't even get it at this point. I don't even know if Congress is going to survive. Yeah. Everybody, like every article I read during election time is, you know, about, you know, by the Imagine way, Maharashtra way. coalition government is Congress and uh, Shiv Sena. Can you imagine, yeah. like, in your wildest thoughts, would you have put Shiv Sena and Congress That's together? Like really- would have really just you know turned things around in 2019 or whatever because yeah. like this is so weird this is a this is a pro ram mandir uh, party then the, the other side is just doesn't even care about ram mandir party like, I, I don't think congress like cares about anything anymore they're just like power mein aane do yaar bas power yeah. mein aana hai kuch bhi tum jo bolo kar dege they like are nikalna hai I mean, imagine them agreeing to make uh, Thakre Saab the CM, Uddhav Thakre, like out of everyone. They thought that Uddhav Thakre. They had Sharad Pawar on their side. Exactly. They had Ajit Pawar on their side. Yeah. And then they had Congress. Everybody thought Sharad Pawar would be the person. And he could. Even now, people. Even now, people are saying Sharad Pawar is going to be the president place and whatnot. I for, wish, uh, man. He's smart. He's like the only smart um, politician that I can think of. He's great. He's he not a people's politician for me. Like yeah. I feel he's less, he's more ambitious he than is. a leader. Yeah, he's very ambitious. Rather he than is ambitious, like. but he is smart. Like you can't deny that he really knows. He, is smart, he knows definitely. what politics is. He does. He actually knows what politics is. That's the thing. You know, all it's these fantasizing. It would be interesting to see, but like as a citizen, it would be terrible. Wouldn't it terrible? Like nothing's as terrible as having BJP back. <laughs> but uh, it would be definitely. I would definitely be like very iffy if he became the CM because he's very. I feel like he's a very faltu person. Like, I don't know from what but I read about what, him. Like, that's why I said he knows politics. No, that's what politics like every, is. Yeah. Every, Wherever the winning streak is, you have yeah, to go there. Every and, glorified political movie that you've ever seen, be it something as dumb as Rajniti, where you see uh, people just call two people, that's Sharad yeah. That's Sharad Yeah. He's a game two person on earth. Yeah. Bro, NCP joined BJP. They said that ban jayegi government. Fadnavis took the oath and then he was like, no, thank you. Main chala Shivsena ke saath. That's what he, he is. He's just insane. I know. He's like, I just Imagine don't like Fadnavis so taking terrifying. the oath and then he's like, no, thank you. What is no, no. this guy? It's a to thing like, uh, even right now, like he's in parliament, right? Uh, Sabha Rajya Sabha, I don't remember which one. But he's in one of the houses, and uh, even there, he's asking all of these, you know, easy questions to the government. Like when he has a choice during question hour to yeah. ask hard questions, he's asking easy because he has something in play. Yeah, you know, man. I just you know, his mind is. I I don't even know this guy. Like he's great. I think he's very powerful. I just don't trust him. Only like I, just, I think he was supposed I to be the PM, 
when uh, he was supposed to be pm but then they had made manmohan singh the pm instead so, yeah sonia wanted a puppet yeah. that's why Duh. yeah so i still you... cannot believe people really thought manmohan singh this man with so many academic caliber was made as a puppet i cannot believe that this man is so smart i watched one of his interviews yeah. with shekhar kapoor the person who owns print and he was just so knowledgeable man like so educated like i cannot he believe is. somebody this educated can be made yeah. into a puppet so easily that's the thing about congress right dynasty matters much more than your individual Definitely. caliber which was a very Definitely. very very sonia mindset but then rahul on the other hand from what i read in like political books and everything rahul on the other hand believes in individual caliber he doesn't yeah. believe in the gandhi name he wants anybody to take up leadership if they are capable of it whereas yeah, sonia that's also like i think that's also like a generational thing it's it's yeah it's a generation thing definitely but this was also something he said like you know when he was not attending public events in india yeah. as a presidential face so people just associated this quote with something you know him trying to run away from responsibility but yeah. uh, said, but you know i genuinely I, i genuinely can't take like half of the things rahul gandhi says seriously because the other half of it is really dumb so yeah i don't take anybody serious i don't take any leader seriously who just speaks to just speak against modi like yeah. if you don't offer me critique every time or like if you don't offer me constructive solutions to whatever they're doing wrong then i don't want to listen to your podcast like it's as simple as that but you That's know it's actually for congress to critique the modi government as well because half of the things the modi government has done were initial projects that congress took up it were projects that the modi government rejected yeah. sitting in opposition or they were projects that they've just Modi? renamed renamed exactly pr like i think i think nobody beats modi in pr so yeah he's good i don't know who is coining this phrase i remember i read about it somewhere there was this one person who coins the names of all the yojanas and all of these election campaign like you know slogans and what not i just don't know what it is yeah but like what an intelligent person like i just want to meet yeah. him so no understand what it's him like him for them yeah i know prashant kishore did one thing i remember one prashant kishore was responsible for the second campaign i think or the first one i don't know which one but he had a thing well but he did a really popular story and it really worked and it like swept modi victory ekdam like mm-hmm. instantly so uh, that was that but i think that's the problem with congress right they don't they, like like we all said right that they just exist as a antithesis to bjp yeah not really as like an option whereas if they, you look at shiv sena like i hate to bring a local party here but like if you look at shiv sena they're not an antithesis like you know one of the crux of like shiv sena's ideology or bal thakre kept saying and what aditya thakre also keeps saying is that they don't ever have a definite ideology it always changes according to time what is popular they will adopt because what is popular is what people want and then they will adopt it and then they will work according to that yeah, so when like, bal thakre the... was there ram mandir was popular ayodhya was popular so they became that person before that maratha marathi people employment was popular they became that 
राइट नाउ आर ए वॉज पॉपुलर दे बिकेम आर ए so like they became aare ka senior and what but that's the that's the personality of uh, shivsena anyway right because if you that's if you thing. if you remember or if you've heard about it bal thakre never never ever wanted shivsena to be a political party it started as a social yeah. group they started they by taking in, uh, social marathi yeah. people uh, issues and blowing it up they started as a social group that then they started it, working yeah yeah then they realized that hey we cannot make a change unless we are a part of the government or yeah. we are at least supporting a government which is why until bal thakre was alive he didn't he he was never the cm or he was never like he was definitely the he, face of uh, shiv sena he contested elections though and yeah. he almost won also Yeah, but it never happened. But I think he would contest elections and whenever in alliances. Yeah, actually. definitely in alliances. That's alliance. why BJP. Shiv Sena does not have the power till date to have an independent government. But um, it would always. I don't know. I think they right now it would be interesting to say. I think they do have. They just don't have man power. I yeah, feel. Yeah. Like I feel they, they have the influence, but not the man power. But like, influence not in like few states, right? In Mumbai, they definitely do. Yeah, in like Mumbai, Mumbai I think everybody is in love with Shivsena uh, at this point because yeah, also I think like because Aditya Thakre, like, come on, he has a personality. It's not. It's I yeah, Aditya Thakre definitely, and it's also not just Aditya Thakre. I feel like Uthav swept people's approval during COVID. Like he just handled it like any like like no other state did, and it was partially because obviously we get paid a lot. This state yeah. gets paid. The most in mm. uh, the entire country. Mumbai gets paid more than most states do. Yeah, exactly. But Mumbai gets paid a lot yeah. in municipality money. Huh. So that makes sense. But it's also like, is re- he really swept? Like, at least in the community, like in my in the circles I run in, and uh, people from the same community as me, they their opinion about the Shiv Sena and what they stand for has changed drastically. Yeah. Ever since this COVID approach started, so Mumbai is a small island in the big state of yeah. Maharashtra, obviously. But I feel like Shivsena and AAP have become very similar. They have these faces, you know, like Manish exactly. Sodia and Kejriwal and Sathya. And they take up social issues at the point. They're like, "Ye naya hai," yeah. and that's. But yeah. I don't blame Shivsena for that. I don't feel like that's a PR tactic. I don't feel like that's that's not like B B J B trying to piggyback on the Ram Mandir issue for years to come into power. I feel like they genuinely care about what they are, what the issues that they take up because that was their nature. They wanted to be a social group that took up issues which needed attention and played with it. And Bala mm-hmm. Sahib Thakre as well. Like he was like, I don't think. I, you say you stood for elections, but as far as I remember, he never wanted to be a part of the government. He just wanted to influence. It was initially. He was. Maybe I he stood for ele- elections to get the votes, and then he transferred the seat. See, the thing is, he was never. He was one time a chief ministerial uh, face. Candidate. So, but this was yeah, one time he was tried to. He never got the seat. Definitely, he. Sometimes contested elections as the face and whatnot, but he was always in alliance with BJP, so he yeah. would always give it to them. That was granted. So, but then what happened? I from what I remember reading about is that uh, the time when Raj Thakre split from uh, Bala yeah. Sahib, that's when uh, what happened was that Bala 
before this they were in alliance with bjp and what not and they were letting bjp win elections but right now what happened was that raj thakre had bigger plans right he was like i i want to like i have bigger plans with how i want to change mumbai yeah. and what not and that's like when he quit but that's when shiv sena's political image became cemented a little more it became less of an ally that you know you can use to sway votes but more of like i I'm more of like you know, sort of. somebody with a political future. Yeah. Okay. If finally, if finally look like you would acknowledge this force as somebody worth looking at during But election. But honestly, it was just that Bala Sahib Thakre didn't want his uh, nephew to yeah, take after him. Definitely. It was it was just that. But it was just But, that he just blasted it up yeah. during interviews and said that ideological differences a lot. Why? Yeah, Bala Sahib's English was phenomenal. Yeah, man. Like he spoke like. Spoke better than us English educated people. So. A cool person, super yeah. scary for me, but gave Bro, me a lot of trauma. When he died, the whole havoc. When he died, can he, you imagine? Women were. I remember women were beaten black and blue because one woman posted on Facebook. Uh, that how dare they give a holiday for Bala Sai for somebody's death. Yeah, they put it on Facebook. I remember this distinctly because as a Bihari, you can't, as a Bihari yeah. child, you can't just not look at this news and be traumatized for life, right? And somebody posted on Facebook that how dare, what stupidity is it to give like a big holiday for somebody who died and everything? Like my father should also get a something like some crap they said. Then this Chitrasena tracked their IP address. They like got into their house and they like beat them black and blue yeah. and they like lodged a FIR against that woman. I mean, imagine having that much influence. It can yeah. bend the law. After you're dead. Yeah. After you're dead. I know, and I remember. Like I was quiet after he died. Black and blue, blue for me after I'm dead. Like yeah, that's the kind of loyalty. That's the kind of stance you develop, man. And I remember Mumbai was so quiet, lovely. I I think yeah. Mumbai was like during COVID. It was COVID, quiet. Ke, COVID the entire entire Mumbai was, was moaning, like literally moaning. Still, exactly. So Bala Sahib had a lot of influence, man. This man is just like I know I'm supposed to hate him and whatnot, but I cannot <laughs> deny that yeah. he was a very charming personality, just very charming and very strategic. Like it's another thing. He was very realistic. Also, he knew he was not going to win when Mumbai is a metropolitan city. Uh, sorry, Marat. It's a metropolitan city, so he's not going to win on the basis of Marathi, Marathi, Marathi right? Words. So yeah. Marathi manus whatever their slogan was, be Marathi something like that. Be Marathi manus. I think that was what it was. Whatever it was. Yeah, so I'm. I just done a lot of research about this guy because he's just so interesting. Yeah. Anyways, we went from yeah, like 24th the, century yeah. to past politics. Like, but, yeah, I was also thinking how. Um, But now that you mention it, I was just thinking how he knew that he's not going to like just win off of minority votes, right? But yeah. if you notice, a lot of influencers today, or like just people in general who really wanted to, you know, sound really nice and all, they try to piggyback yeah. off of so many minority groups, or they'll try to like be the savior for them, or they'll make one minority group their agenda. And their entire personality would then be based off like he yeah. am nice to them. Arey, what is this? Samajwadi Party, Bahujan Samaj <laughs> Party. 
all yeah. about saving the nets and what yeah exactly you know like you know bsp yeah. is organizing so we are the best yeah but bahujan samaj party is yeah. organizing brahman samelans a party for dalits is organizing samelans for brahmans can you imagine the irony? i think at this point people will just take any minority community that comes and they like, exactly same year it is so complicated who? man yeah exactly like um for example when people talk about like slums or yogi adityanath made like ram mandir for the brahmins and then the brahmins say that i am mad at him he doesn't give us attention imagine <laughs> but yeah essentially yes doesn't give us attention yeah uh, what was i saying absolutely lost my train of thought yeah minority like, yeah yeah like for example like a lot of mumbai cars would do this thing like they'll just take up dharavi as a cause and they'll be like but you know people of dharavi and like then they'll like generalize it as well like for example we were just i really have to say this i can't generalize it anymore uh when um, i just we were watching this thing where it said uh where it was like thanks to my chol family or something like that uh, it was no i'm not going to like it said thanks to my chol family and i was so enraged because like hey there are like a a bajillion chols in mumbai itself just for yeah. thanks I, to my marol family like yeah. we should say that is well why are we not calling thanks to my marol family yeah bro but it it genuinely doesn't make sense to me i'll tell you why okay Awesome. not not just because there are bajillion chols and you're not mentioning like which one because it just shows that you're seeing it for the sake of it you didn't even bother to get the name of the chol you didn't even bother to like uh get where they belong to or uh, where they are coming from right they didn't they, they just didn't think about it and personally when i, I just believe that hey if you are thinking of something like thanking somebody just mention the name of the person you don't need to publicize yeah. that hey they live in a chawl you know so and i'm like yeah. so proud to them because like they're from a chawl and i'm not and i'm yeah so kind imagine of imagine thanking narendra modi saying that hey you who lives in uh, uh, <laughs> latian house to my latian family i don't know how what it's called but like wherever he lives that's super rich and what not yeah like exactly my, my central aunt family. family yeah just something like that it's Shout really weird yeah like yeah. even if even if yeah, they said that it was the entire credit. yeah sorry the name to the credit now exactly that's, that's my problem like give names it's very condescending when you say hey thanks to my chawl family what does it even yeah. mean what does it mean i like i live in a chawl is it thanks to me maine to kuch nahi kiya mujhe thanks bol rahe ho tumne kiya na like it it genuinely do you realize do you think that there's only one chawl in the entire i know mumbai? right either they're really really ignorant uh, either it's that or they're just being or they're just trying to pick like i said pick back of of uh, minorities they're trying to like get recognition oh my god so cute they like thank like people from the chawl oh my god that's so so cute i that <laughs> useless idiots So I guess, uh, like I feel like this is all we had to say about, uh, you know, like what's 
like the double standards are in like funny country and like of the experiences and we did kind of do track in between as are talking about the past uh, present and we like it's got a track like in between talking about politics and everything but uh, so i think that's all we had to like say today yeah so thank you for listening to privilege check podcast if you like this episode then please leave a review on our podcast or wherever you get your podcast Don't forget to follow us on our socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn at Privilege Check. That's P R I V I L E G E C H K. And don't forget to like this video if you are watching it on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our channel, and here's to an enlightened life. <laughs>